Welcome to Valley Heat. I'm Doug Duguay. This is a podcast about the neighborhood, my neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District, right here in Los Angeles County, brought to you, of course, by Jan Robinson Shirts and Pants. It's not just a shirt. It's a Jan Robinson shirt, and it's not just a pair of pants. We know what it is. It's a pair of Jan Robinson pants. Jan has some amazing jacket stuff she's doing right now. She uh, is doing this jacket line that is all designed around the credit sequence to the show Cheers. I don't know if you remember that show with Ted Danson in it and Shelley Long. Woody Harrelson was in it later. Great show. Uh, Jan just loves this show, and everyone in Burbank knows how much she loves this show. And this jacket is really her way of expressing her absolute love of the show Cheers. The credit sequence to the show was uh, all these old-time photos of, you know, the guys with the monocles and the really long mustaches. Basically, the big giant front wheel on the bicycle riding guys. You've seen those pictures with the guys that rode those bicycles that were first invented, and they had to climb up like five stories to ride this bicycle. I mean, you talk about a botched initial design. Do you think anyone even considered making the bike a little shorter before they made it that tall? I mean, guys must have broken their legs just trying to get up there. Guys, we got to keep making these bicycles taller. Anyway, these are the people that are in this wallpaper motif in the credit sequence to Cheers. And Jan just loves this show. And honestly, Cheers really is a fun credit sequence. And it has a nostalgic quality to it. And you look, you watch this credit sequence and you think man this place looks like it was fun back then and i bet it'd be fun now just as a history of being fun the theme song is really sweet and it's about you know you want to go to this place where everybody knows your name and you hear this song and before the show even started you just really wanted to go to this bar and i think that's what jan's trying to do she wants you she really wants you to really want to wear this jacket so she gave this jacket line a name and so the line is called you want to go where everyone knows your jacket and i know it's a long name but man does that sum it up because You heard that song, you wanted to go to the bar, you see this jacket, and man, you want that jacket. So you want to go where everyone knows your jacket, and you want to find that, you want to go to jenrobinson.biz and see all the products she's got. Or you can find her every second and fourth Sunday of the month at the North Hollywood Farmer's Market, sorry, Studio City Farmer's Market uh, in North Hollywood. And she's got all of her stuff at the Farmer's Market, but you can also find it online at jenrobinson.biz. Check it out. And you know, another fun thing about this jacket, if you get it, it comes in a little hat box and there's a CD in there and it has uh, an alternate version of the Cheers theme song that uh, Randy Poole and the Cephalopods of People put together. There were actually a lot of different versions that were contenders for the Cheers theme song and Jan Robinson wanted to do a collaboration with the Cephalopods of People and they put together this version of the Cheers theme song. I hope you like it. Let's check it out. Oh, 
solo should be this long. We're still going? Alright, I think we've had enough guitar solo. Alright. The solo is longer than the song. Alright, and that's Randy Poole and the Cephalopods of People, and their alternate version of the Cheers theme song titled Friends. That's a lot of guitar solo for a credit sequence. Okay. Song is over. He's still soloing. Okay. I think I understand now. All right. Let me tell you what's going on here. Okay. So, Randy wanted me to tell everybody that that solo was dedicated to Eddie Van Halen, who was very important in his life. And he also wrote here, he wanted me to say, he wanted me to let everybody know that he was crying when he played that solo. All right. Sounds like someone's come down with a case of the deedly deuce. You can't play so many deedly doos in your solo or you you got a case of the deedly doos. Here, let me play this for you again. You get a couple of those, but you don't get to just deedly all day long. You got to think of something else to play. I mean, Randy's being a little indulgent, but he's going through something right now. So hold on a second. He's calling. Hi, hey, Randy, how are you? Hey, do you, have you played the song yet? I did. I just laid it down and... I was crying in it. Yes, and I mentioned that. I have a note here to mention that, and I, I just was talking about it. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew that I was crying. I mentioned People it. know that this is dedicated to Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, and I also mentioned that, yes. And I'm still working on that solo. Like, I feel like I'll probably be giving you revisions that... Um, You're going to send me a revision of the solo? Yeah, probably a few. Um, uh, I'm not sure where that would go. It's probably the most important solo of my life. You know, I don't uh, know if you knew right. this, but, like, before Eddie, it was just people like Angus Young and... They weren't very good. From Have you ACDC. ever listened to an Angus Young solo? Yeah. It's like, it's like he was kidnapped and right. forced to play it. I agree, solos isn't really his thing. I mean, have you ever heard TNT? Of course. Angus just goes, wow. Right, I gotta finish this. What is that? Well, I gotta finish Bon Scott says, I'm about to explode, and all Angus thinks of is, wow. Right, I just gotta finish this podcast. That's supposed to be an explosion. Okay, Randy, I'm gonna go. Thanks for all the stuff and the solo and everything. All and right, this talk thank and. You. Okay, that was Randy Poole from Cephalopods Are People, and he wants to revise the solo that he already played, which I think is more than we need. I don't think anyone needs a guitar solo in a TV theme song. Wow. Randy? You're okay. still on the phone? Yeah, I use this fake hang-up sound every once in a while, just when I don't actually want to hang up, I want to see where things go. And it's really interesting where it was going. You have, what? A fake phone hang-up yeah, sound? listen to this. It's really not that difficult. Okay, I wasn't insulting your guitar solo. I was just saying that we don't need a guitar solo in a TV theme song. Okay. Did you hang up? Randy? Yeah. Randy, I'm sorry. Listen, that was the most important solo of my life. I'm sorry that I... All right, I'm sorry too. I'm hanging up now. Okay, but you really need to think about what you've done today. I don't even care if that's real because I'm hanging up my phone. All right, anyway, let's start this episode of Valley Heat. And we'll dedicate this episode to Eddie. These are the Chronicles of the Rancho Equestrian District in Burbank, California. These are the events taking place in my house, around my house, and in my neighborhood. Sometimes there's other neighborhoods, but it's pretty much just this neighborhood. My neighbor installs the drive-thru car wash in his driveway across the street, and my optometrist is really mad at me for using it. My wife is still in her dead chucks. I also don't understand why Randy wants to send me a revision of his guitar solo with the guitar solo. 
way too much anyway. It should be guitar solo in a television theme song. Anyway, okay, okay. And also, I'm not saying that I don't like it. But Randy is right about all those things. So I have updates on Pete the Pool Guy. Uh, a lot of stuff happened with him. But before I get to that, I wanted to talk about my optometrist, Dean Fernari. My optometrist, Dean, who is mad at me for using the car wash across the street, upsold my 15-year-old son, Phil, on transition lenses. I don't know if you know what transition lenses are. They're those lenses that are supposed to get darker when you go outside in the sun, but they don't get real dark. They just get kind of dark, and you can still see the person's eyes behind them. And no matter what the person wearing them tries to do, they always look like they're trying to spy on you from the bushes. So yesterday I walk in his bedroom and he's wearing these transition lenses that make him look like he was fired from a library somewhere for licking books or something. You know, these things just make him look super suspicious. No one should put a 15-year-old kid in transition lenses. I mean, you talk about sealing someone's fate. Give a kid a chance before you turn him into a hitchhiker with mug shots all over the country. You know, it reminds me of when parents name their kids after some jazz trumpet player or something from the 50s or 60s. You hear them at a park, you know, calling to their kids, and the kids name something like Gillespie or something. That kid doesn't deserve that. You named your kid Dizzy Gillespie Paul Simon Garfunkel? Peterson. Yeah, that's his grandfather's name. I mean, you can't let your kid find his own identity? I mean, we get it. You have one of those really expensive analog stereos and you like jazz vinyl. But come on, no one wants to grow up named Cat Stevens Coltrane. And no one wants to look back at their yearbook picture from high school and see a guy in a pair of transition lenses. You know, you see that and you go, I guess your parents weren't looking out for you, were they? Let's just let our kids create their own personality. And let's not put them in transition lenses. And let's not name them Guns N' Roses. They deserve better than either of those things. And I know why Dean did this. I don't know if you remember, but my neighbor across the street, Gary Janthony, installed a drive through car wash in his driveway and then turned his backyard into a Chicago-style pizzeria and then converted the garage into an 80s-style arcade. And it made a lot of people in the neighborhood really angry. And But Gary asked me to drive through the car wash to show everybody that it was okay to go through the car wash. So I did it a one-time favor, but Dean was so mad at me. And then Nick, my other neighbor, uh, ran into the car wash and was screaming at me. And he got burned with hot wax and sprained his shoulder on one of those brushes in those car washes. It like twisted his arm. So there's a bunch of people in the neighborhood who are mad at me for going through that car wash. And Dean is one of them. And I think my son had an appointment with him. And Dean thought this was an opportunity to get back at me and upsold him on these lenses. I walk into my son's room the other day and he's sitting at his desk looking like a guy waiting to meet his parole officer in these glasses. So I recorded it. Let me just play it for you. Hey. Hey. Are those yeah. the new your new glasses? Yeah, are they still dark? They're a little dark. I don't I don't really know what to do because they're weird. I would I would take them off, but I can't see without them, so I'm stuck in this state of either being blind or weird. Did you just come in from the outside? Are they still changing to clear? Maybe. If anything, these get darker. When I go inside. You're fine. You're fine. Do fine. not pretend that I'm fine. Okay. I'm not fine. I look weird. Okay. Yeah. Obviously not ideal. But- Of course they're not ideal. Ideal would be me looking like a normal person. I look like someone who's been following you. Okay, so you heard that. And he's not wrong. They look weird. And I feel bad for him. He won't go outside. His friends, he said, won't ride bikes with him. And here's another thing. 
Dean is an optometrist to just about everybody in this neighborhood. And if you walk around, everyone's got transition lenses on. I mean, I don't know if there's a way to measure what the highest concentration of transition lenses is in the United States. The Rancho Equestrian District in Burbank has to be up there somewhere. And it's not just that he's got everybody in these transition lenses. He's selling them these weird frames. Nick, the guy that ran into the car wash, he's wearing a pair of those like perfectly circular glasses. You know those circular glasses I'm talking about? They're perfectly circular. John Lennon wore them. But these ones are sort of like tinted purple bluish. Remember, uh, he looks like Gary Oldman in uh, Dracula. Remember those purple glasses Gary Oldman was wearing when he played Dracula? They're these transitions that are kind of like pinkish purplish and they're perfectly circular. I mean, look, Prince could wear those, but, you know, Nick can't wear them. And I went through some phases where I wore some weird stuff, but I never put a pair of glasses like that on. Nick used to look like an adult man. Now he looks like an RA in a college dorm who's like a part-time brand ambassador for a hacky sack company. You know those fire stick guys? There's always a stoner in college that goes through a phase of wearing those glasses and getting really good at hacky sack and frisbee and stuff. You know, the guy that buys the bongos. I think everyone's experienced a bongo roommate at some point. Nice guy. Probably should have spent a couple more years in high school. I mean, you talk about something that should be illegal in a college dorm. You want to sell me on a college that I'm going to send my son to. Tell me that bongos are not allowed on campus and the check is in the mail. And now Nick looks like one of these bongo guys. And I'm just saying, that's just one thing I never would have done. I never would have put a pair of glasses like that on. In high school, I did wear a bolo tie for about a week and a half but it was torn off of me and thrown in a urinal. And it was a nice bolo tie. It had turquoise on it. I don't know why I was wearing it. I wanted to try something different. And the point is, I get it. We try different stuff. You know, we go through phases in our life. But at some point, that bolo tie has got to get torn off. I mean, hopefully you take it off yourself and it isn't torn from your neck by a girl you had a crush on that it turns out really didn't like you and was kind of a bully. I was madly in love with this girl. I had no idea how she had it out for me. Every time I see a bolo tie, I think about Julie in 10th grade tearing that thing off my neck and marching into the men's bathroom and throwing it in the urinal, laughing all the way. And you know, it's weird. Years later, I connected with her on Facebook and she was going through a divorce. I took her to dinner to help her get through it. And she got mad at me for paying for dinner. I want to say, do you remember that you threw my bolo tie in the urinal? I don't think she remembered. And the whole dinner, she's talking about how bad this guy was that she married. And the whole time I was just kind of on his side. But I'm getting off the point. Nick's got to take those glasses off. And that's what Dean's doing is he's putting all these weird glasses on everyone in the neighborhood. You know, they've all got these weird off-brand frames and they're all transitions. He's got the whole neighborhood looking like a Tim Burton movie. I mean, you talk about a cast of Harry Dean Stanton characters. Walk down Riverside to the park on the corner on Beechwood. It's like some weird Terry Gilliam movie about suburban dystopia. If I didn't live here, I think I was, you know, I found a cult. One of my neighbors, Mike Bianca, he's an accountant. Neck down, that's what he looks like. Neck up, he looks like some kind of steampunk fusion bass player guy. And this is what Dean's doing, you know, to the neighborhood. You know, you talk about this car wash across the street that people are mad about. What about these weird glasses Dean's putting on everyone's head? And, you know, a couple weeks ago, he started this TakedownGary.org to get rid of this car wash. And now he started this other thing called Doctors Against Gary. And he's not a doctor. I mean, maybe there's some doctors that are part of this dot org but he's not one of them and half this neighborhood is still calling him dr dean fernari the guy's not a doctor being a doctor is not a subjective thing you're a doctor or you're not a doctor you're not kind of a doctor and i wouldn't make a big deal about that if he wasn't mentioning it every time i see him and forcing it down everyone's throat in the neighborhood i mean if dean's a doctor of anything he's a doctor 
of making people look weird. It's like he's empowered people to make really bad fashion choices. It's just a weird can of worms to open up. I didn't realize so many people were willing to listen to their optometrist for fashion advice. But he's outside right now. He's out there giving everyone thumbs downs who are using that car wash. And I'm going to go out there and talk to him about it right now. Hey, Dean. I, I thought you'd still be out here, Dean. Still out here in my driveway? Yes. I'm on the job. Look, I know what you did. What did I do? You upsold my son on transition lenses. Your son came in with a freckle on his eye. I know he has He's a freckle on his eye, so he can get a separate pair of sunglasses. He looks like a guy selling stereo equipment out of a moving truck. I'm a doctor. Dean, you're not a doctor. I'm a doctor. You know what doctors don't do? They don't upsell kids on transition I lenses. I put in three and a half years studying for that ophthalmology degree. Oh my God, we're Suffolk talking about the ophthalmology Institute. again. You didn't, you didn't get your degree, Dean. Just because you studied to be a doctor doesn't mean you're a doctor if you I don't have, have a degree. I have all the qualifications. All I got to do is go back and do six months more classwork and then two years at a clinic just facilitating doctors. Dean, that's like a work. lifetime of work you would to, need to do to become I an ophthalmologist. Take the boards on pharmaceutical training. And then Dean, I've got to these pass. are things that people do in their 20s and 30s. That what? That I'm not able to handle the rigors of work I'm better saying because you, of my You my almost described, you bastard. basically just said, all I have to do is go back and study to be a doctor and then start your life over and be a doctor. Sears Eye Center offered me a quick out and I took it. I had a kid and I saw an opportunity. I'm not begrudging you I making a life decision. I'm just saying you're not an ophthalmologist. Look at my credit card. Look at look at that. What does that say? Your credit card says doctor on it. It means you wrote doctor on the application. Damn. They troubleshoot it. They don't troubleshoot they it. Troubleshoot. Anyone could put doctor on their credit card. You never should have gone into that yeah, car wash. Yeah. See, I knew that's why you it, did it. It might I have entered it. my mind that I was mad at you about the car wash. That doesn't make it okay to put a pair of transition lenses on a 15-year-old kid. You're going to have the aqua blues. I'm returning these. Those were the aqua blues. I'm returning these. Right I did not know I was paying for transition lenses. You're going to take those glasses back, and you're going to give them a pair of regular glasses. You know what you're going to do? What? You're going to put a takedowngary.org sign right in your front yard. Yeah, I'm not going to get dragged into this. I know I drove through that car wash once, but I'm not going to put that sign in my yard. I put that sign in my yard, and then Gary's going to be mad at me. I'll you 50% refund on the glasses, and mm. I will not take them back. I'll Brother, put the sign in my yard for, for a couple days. I'll take the glasses back, but uh, that sign's going up in your yard, and it's going up right now. So you heard that, and again, with the doctor thing, is... Being a doctor really the most amazing thing? I mean, it's like the only thing that matters to him. And But he's not a doctor. I mean, you think if it was that important to him, he would have just done it. And now he's holding my front yard hostage with this takedowngary.org sign. So what, I can get a refund on these pair of creepies he sold my son? Just give me my money back and let's get some regular glasses on Phil. But I put the sign up on my front lawn and I know the first thing that's going to happen is Gary's going to see that. He's going to get mad and he's going to come over here. Okay. Gary's coming over here right now. I'm going to go talk to him. This is, I mean, come on. And I can't wait for the lecture I'm going to get about this sign and why I'm a bad person for putting it up. Hey, Gary, how you doing? Uh, what's with the sign? It's just, I'm trying not to get in the middle of this, Gary, but I made an agreement with Dean to put it up for a day and I'm, is it, you feel like it's interfering with things? Is it interfering I didn't, with things? It's a sign that says, don't go into my business uh, right next to my business. Right. I mean, I'll take that remark. I, you know what? I can't believe this. You know, last year on Thanksgiving, we, my wife and I baked you a pie and we brought it over for Gary, you. Gary, you didn't bake me a pie. You had an extra pie from Ralph's and this, you brought it over. It was from Whole Foods. 
It wasn't from Whole Foods. It was a Ralph's Pie. Whole Foods doesn't. I don't even think Whole Foods even has a bakery. Oh, they have an extensive bakery. Whole Foods has a few bread items, but they don't have an extensive they bakery. They have croissants. They have monkey bread. They have even just yeah, leches. They have a couple little bread items, but they don't have like ex- extensive you know bakery you where they get like. Any idea how much a pie at Whole Foods they costs? They don't have pie at Whole Foods. Fine, it was Gelson's. It's not a Gelson's pie, okay? It was Whole Foods or it was Gelson's. It was not like some high end pie. I, honestly, I didn't even want to take it. Wow. Look, I don't know why we got here. I'm sorry, Gary. I just. I appreciate the pie. But let's not act like you guys sat around all afternoon and planned out a pie to bring across the street. You accidentally bought an extra pie from Ralph's, and instead of chucking it into the garbage, you frisbeed it into my front door. Man, we got a problem now. We have a real problem. I shouldn't have said that. I appreciate the pie, and I, I'm sorry that I said that. At the very least, it was pavilions. All right. We started with, I baked you a pie, and now we're talking about Ralph's or pavilions. It was an organic Let's pie. just call it a draw. Okay. Well, I hope this Thanksgiving's good because you don't have a pie coming your way. I'll tell you that much. Okay. So he's mad, obviously. I mean, the pie thing. I didn't even remember about that pie until he brought it up. And it was not some kind of special pie. It was just some $3 pie. And look, obviously kind of nice to bring it over, but it was an extra pie. He didn't even knock on the door when he brought that pie over. I opened the door to let the dog out and there was a pie sitting on the doorstep with a little note that said extra pie. I didn't even know who brought it over to me until uh, I saw him a couple days later. He said, how's the pie? I didn't want to tell him we didn't need it, but it was just a weird mystery pie sitting on the doorstep. And I don't want to sound unappreciative, but I mean, you go from that to we baked you a special pie. I mean, actually we didn't bake it, but we had it flown in from Vermont. You wouldn't believe how expensive this pie was. We took out a second mortgage to get you this pie. All right. That's Gary, though, you know, he's a put-upon guy. We're friends, we're neighbors, but this is just typical Gary dramatic flare-up, and I'm sure it'll pass. All right, I want to get to Pete the Pool Guy and give you an update on all the stuff that's going on with him, and a lot happened with him, and we'll get into it right after this promotion. Gary Janthony tried to help this neighborhood. Oh, I built a mountain for nothing. He tried to build something all Burbank families could benefit from. Tried to turn a gray sky blue. But some people didn't want that help. Some people even resented it. And what's worse, some people played both sides of the fence. I may not know too much, but I know I misunderstood. I just tried to help the neighborhood. It's time to decide. Are you for or against Chantony's car wash? Lord, I built a mountain for nothing. Do you like having a car wash in your neighborhood? Tried to turn a gray sky Do you like having a fun place you can bring your family to play 80s-style video games? I not know too much, but I know I misunderstood. Do you like Chicago-style pizza? I just tried to help the neighborhood. The way Gary and his wife Val make it? This isn't just about Gary. Tried to turn a gray sky blue. It's about the Janthonies and what they bring to our community. I may not know too much, but I know I'm misunderstood. And it's about Burbank optometrist Dean Fernari and his crusade to take down Gary and Val and the entire Janthony family. Oh, I built a mountain for nothing. 
Whose side are you on? Dean Fernari or fun? Visit Janthony's Car Wash to find out more. Paid for by Gary and Val Janthony. I just tried to Okay, so a lot happened with Pete, our pool guy, and just a quick recap on what's going on with him. Uh, Pete, our pool guy, has been using our garbage can as a drug drop, or I should say he's he's not using our garbage can as a drug drop, but there was a good period of time when I was pretty convinced that he was. One of my neighbors let me know that someone was getting into our garbage can late at night and taking the package out and just driving off. And I thought it was Pete because he takes our garbage out on Wednesdays, and eventually I asked him about it and he was really, really pretty upset about me asking and he said he wasn't going to clean the pool anymore. But his wife came over last week and cleaned the pool. She said, you know what, we need the money. I'm going to clean the pool even if Pete won't do it. The problem is she also doesn't really have a great sense of boundaries and she did a cannonball into the pool while I was watching her baby and she did it right after she put chemicals into the pool. So she did a cannonball right into a bunch of chlorine. She had to take a shower, and I could hear her rummaging around inside my shower. I went in there later, and my wife Faye's Ambien was missing. And I feel bad about this because I thought, you know, she definitely took it. I mean, it was in there. She went in there to take a shower, and then it was gone. And I really, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to tell my wife that her pills were missing. She's you know, she's still up at her dad's house staying there because I wouldn't fire the pool guy and she thought he was peddling drugs with our garbage can. We were driving down the highway a couple of weeks ago and she asked me if I had fired him and I said no and she made me stop the car and she got out of the car on the freeway, climbed a wall and her dad came and picked her up and now she's up there. She's trying to get back here but her dad's making it kind of difficult and I'll get to that. But back to Candace, when I saw those pills were missing after she left, I didn't know what to do and... I didn't want to tell Faye about it. I just wanted to figure it out on my own. And anyway, I ended up texting Pete's wife, Candace, and asking her if she had seen the pills. I didn't say, did you take them? I said, did you see a bottle of Ambien in there? At first, she didn't answer. But then about an hour later, she sent that emoji that's just a woman kind of holding her arms and hands up like, I don't know, which I thought seemed kind of good natured. But then about 15 minutes after that, she sent me the emoji of a hand flipping me off. And then she just texted the word unbelievable. And then she followed up with a full phone page of those same hands flipped me off emojis. I mean, there were so many of them. I was flipping through my phone and there was, it must have taken her an hour to type all those emojis. And then the worst part of it is I went into our other bathroom to use it. And I realized that Faye's Ambien was in that bathroom and it was there the whole time. But I'd already, you know, I'd already texted Candace And I felt really bad about it, obviously, and I wasn't sure what to do next. But then Pete showed up the other day, and and we had a discussion about it. And anyway, here's what happened. Hey, Pete. How are you? I'm, I'm, um, why did you, why did you accuse my wife of stealing drugs? I am so sorry that I even insinuated it. I really just asked her if she saw it. I didn't mean she took it. But I can you see what it would saw and hey, did you steal these? You're or right. See that, that, like it's concerning to me as a person. Really understand what you you're heard, saying? Like hey, I heard yeah. some rummaging around. Like oh, she's stealing from. Us. I know, and I you know That's she twice. did a cannonball into the pool, and then I and then she wanted to take a shower, and I really thought that there were I don't know it was the whole thing was weird, and so. Um. So when you see a kid doing a cannonball at a pool, you're like, I bet they're going to steal drugs. No, I don't think that. And I'm 
sorry that I even... Do you see where I can be upset about I this? I can, and you should be. You keep and, calling us drug people. And I'm upset at me as well. I'm sorry. I bet you're not as, as upset as we are I bet about the I, drug thing. I'll, I'll take that what, remark. I'm going to get out of here. Hey, get back in the drug. Yeah, I got to go. But I do understand how important sleep is. So All we right. got you this. What, what is this? Ambient. You obviously need Ambien. You got me Ambien? How would you... Do you guys have an Ambien prescription? I don't want no, to take your Ambien. I have a cousin who deals pills from a Canadian pharmacy. He used to date this woman in Canada who's a pharmacist, and then they just... He's a drug... I mean, he's a drug person, so... Well, I mean, this is so nice of you, but I can't take this. Those are illegal. No, no, no. It would be... Do you understand how offensive it's going to be if you don't take these? You'll, you're offended if I don't take them? Oh, yes. Yes. Like, not... Like, you calling my wife and me drug people, this is, like, truly, I'm just being kind here. You need to take this. Okay. I mean, I, I'll i take them. Thank you. They're $200. $200? You want me to pay $200? Yeah, it's just costs. So I'm not making any money off of it at all. Well, I could get... My wife has a prescription for Ambien. I mean, they're, like, $5 with insurance. You need to you need to give me two hundred dollars for these, okay? Uh, will you take a check for drugs? No, absolutely not. Just cash. I need actual cash. All right, let me. Uh, you know what? I have to run to an ATM. Can you? Well, can I'm you hang out? Grab my baby. She just jumped out of the truck. Okay. So that was two hundred dollars uh, for that bottle of Ambien, and that that cost me. I had to run to the ATM. He his baby was with him, obviously, and kept running around the truck. So I ran to the ATM while he waited back here with his baby. I felt like I had to give him money for it. I mean, it sounds like he paid $200 to bring it to me. And really, it's a testament to Pete's character. I mean, getting the illegal drugs notwithstanding. I mean, the fact that he, even though he's really mad at me, was concerned enough and thoughtful enough to think, well, I know sleep is really important, so I don't want their sleep to be interrupted. But the thing that concerns me now is that Pete has gone and gotten these pills from his cousin, I guess, who's married to some Canadian pharmacy pill person. And now if the DEA gets wind of that or they're following him, he's going to get arrested or he's going to get in some kind of trouble. And when he really didn't do anything in the first place, other than just something out of the kindness of his heart. And here's something I've been working on. I'm trying to figure out who is actually putting the drugs in the garbage can, because I know it's not Pete now, but the DEA doesn't know that. And they won't listen to me. This DEA guy's, you know, he's with his mom all the time. Last time I tried to talk to him about it, he wouldn't listen to me. His mom kept getting in the middle of it. But I wanted to talk to the DEA guy again and try to get a feel for what he was thinking and also try to remind him that this isn't a thing that Pete's doing. You know, he really has nothing to do with this. So I've been keeping an eye on the block where Pete lives. And I finally yesterday found the DEA guy staked out outside of Pete's house, keeping an eye on things. And so I tried to have a talk with him and I recorded it. And I'll play that conversation for you right after this promotion. Fall is here, and that means foosball's here. It's time for a foosball tournament. I don't know if you've been down to the used foosball tables on Magnolia, but they have some amazing foosball tables over there. And foosball tables aren't cheap. They're actually pretty expensive, but you go into used foosball tables, and Nick will set you up with something beautiful. I mean, they got some great stuff there, and they take foosball really seriously. I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't go if you don't take foosball seriously. And hey, whatever you do, if you don't Really take foosball seriously. You don't want to sign up for this foosball tournament that's coming up. The Burbank foosball tournament is going to be here in about three weeks. And man, it's going to be so exciting. These guys 
are incredible. You've never seen a ball zip this fast. These guys move their hands like machines. I mean, it looks like a bunch of robots playing. These guys are just crazy. And you look at these guys, you wouldn't even think they were athletic. Half these guys don't look like they've gone for a walk in a couple of years. You look at these guys from a distance and, you know, they got kind of a beanbag vibe. But you get close up and you go, man, that's a beanbag that could punch a hole right through me. And you don't want to mess with these guys. I'm telling you, you get punched by one of these guys. It's like taking a bowling ball to the head. Last tournament, two people got into a fight after a foosball game. They both wound up in the hospital and they both died. But man, I tell you, it's fun. Just watching these guys play is fun. And you know what? You can get good at foosball if you're not good at foosball. You go in there with a good attitude and they got a trainer there. This guy was the foosball champion, not just in Burbank, in the world. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, Greg Tivens, but this guy is the foosball king. Look this guy up on the internet if you can. Rick Tivens, his nickname in the 80s was Ricochet, because, man, you shot a foosball at him, and, man, he would rip it right back at you. There's a video on the internet. This guy's playing Rick Tivens. He shoots a ball at him, and you can't tell what happens, but the guy just passes out. Turns out when you slow it down, Rick hit that ball back so hard it bounced off the table, hit the guy right in the eye. Killed him. You don't even see where it goes. He fires a ball at Ricochet Tivens. Next thing you know, guy's on the floor. I mean, you watch some of these Tivens videos, it's like he's bending time or something. You can go into used foosball tables and sign up for lessons with this guy. Now, there are a few caveats that I've got written down here. You can't go to used foosball tables on Mondays or anytime after 3 p.m. on Wednesdays. That has something to do with Nick and Rick and something they got going on there. I don't really know what it is. I know there's been a few little write-ups about some police activity around there, and I think it's probably around gambling or something. So like I'm saying, you know, it's a serious place, and people have gotten hurt there, but hey, As long as you respect the place and you take the game seriously, it's not an issue. And I'm letting you know right now, if you want to sign up for the Burbank Foosball Tournament, all you got to do is go down to use foosball tables and sign up with Nick. One thing to know about this tournament, though, there's going to be a lot of incredible players there. Like I said, Rick Tivens is there. He's a trainer. He's also going to be in the tournament. Listen to some of these other champs that are going to be there. We got Mike Brown, Jason Smith. Steve Smith is there, too. He's not related, but you guys all know who Steve Smith is if you follow foosball. They also got Ken Wilson in this tournament. You know him as Mittens, but Ken Wilson's going to be there. Listen to these other names. Mark Williams, Bill Lee, John McDonald. You kidding me? John McDonald's going to be there? That's the Canadian champion. And last but not least, you're not going to believe who's going to be at this tournament. Steve Smith. Not the other one that I was talking about earlier. This is the Steve Smith, the current world foosball champion. So get down there to use foosball tables, sign up, sign up now. Those spots are going to fill up fast. But man, if you can even go a couple rounds with some of these guys, that's an honor. And I'll tell you, you even get punched in the face by one of these guys. That's a rite of passage. This is going to be the experience of a lifetime. Get down to use foosball tables on Magnolia. Sign up. Spots are going to fill up fast. Check it out. Don't see no dice. Don't see no cards. Don't see no dance floor in this room Don't see no friends Ain't no more playtime This ain't a game to me You better wrap up the wrist for You better get those pose greased I hope you brought your favorite wingman To wipe your tears when my Ain't no two men, yeah. You better lace up for some. 
All right, and that's Randy Poole and Cephalopods are people with their song for used foosball tables on Magnolia. That song's called Foosball Beast. This ain't a game. By the way, if you want the full version of any of the Cephalopods are people songs, you can go to the Valley Heat Patreon page and sign up to be a VIP, a Valley Important member, and you can download any of their songs. There's also other things on there. One thing is we've been giving people a Jan Robinson t-shirt if they sign up. What I'm going to do is first two people to sign up for a Patreon page are going to get a free Jan Robinson t-shirt and the last two people also. That way you don't know what's going on and everyone gets tricked into doing it. But getting back to Pete, I am worried that the DEA is following him, and I'm worried that they might have seen him go to his cousin's house to buy these pills from his cousin and his cousin's Canadian pharmacy pill dealer wife. So I spent a few days driving around Pete's neighborhood, seeing if they were staking out his house, and eventually I found the same DEA guy. He was parked outside of Pete's house a couple blocks away, and I walked up to the car and knocked on the window. The guy's mom's with him, again, on a stakeout. But anyway, I tried to have a discussion with him about Pete, and I recorded it anyway. Here's what happened. Hey. What what are you doing here? You got to get out of here. No, listen, I know you don't want me involved here. I just wanted to tell you that I've talked to Pete, and I really think... You what? It's not him, and I just don't think it should be bothering him. Don't get involved. Turn around, get out of here, or I'm going to have to arrest you. You're here with him? He's giving me a ride. I have to go to TJ Maxx. And you don't have-, have to tell him what you're doing. He just needs to get out of here. you got to do your job. I understand that. All I'm trying to say is he's a friend of mine, and he's it's not him. And I, I talked to him. I don't want this to interfere with his life. He's already going through enough. It, it may be him. It might not be him. We, we don't know. But all that I do know is you need to not get involved in this. I would do anything just to have my own car and not even... Mom, I just told you I'm going to give you a ride. You know, I know you didn't ask for my opinion, but I don't think you're handling this. Well, I mean, really? I would, well, what am I supposed to do, I don't do, think Mom? this guy should be here. Just but roll up Mom, the window. you don't need to get involved. We are on our I way. I told you. I told you I need to get on the way. And I, I just drives. One more hour. You don't want me involved, but you take me on your drives. So now I can't say anything. I just have to sit here and watch you Look do a terrible job. I mean, let's be honest. You're not good at this. You didn't even tell me we were going to stop here. You took a pit stop. All you had to do is sit there and no, just I, this be, isn't, be quiet. I, I just need another hour. This is not an Uber pool. I have things to do. Okay, look, I'm going to take her to TJ Maxx. When I get back here, you better not be around here. Just so you know, I need to tell my superiors you are involved in this investigation. I'm not involved in it. I'm just trying to tell you. You are I'm involved. You, you came out here. I'm thirsty. You came out here. You knocked on our window and you're telling me you're not involved. Oh, I, you're right. I'll take that remark. I don't think you need to put me on record. I just wanted to. I just wanted to say something off record. It's on record. Is it on record that I need to go to the store? Look, we gotta go. All right. I just wanted to tell you that I'm Bye. sorry. And, okay. Okay. So you heard that, and this guy, you know, he won't listen to me, but clearly he'll listen to his mom. He's more concerned about getting her to TJ Maxx than he is with what I'm trying to tell him, which is this is a guy's life, and I know that that Pete has nothing to do with this, but he is not going to listen to me. He's mad that I'm knocking on the window, and I understand he's, you know, he's trying to work, but he's also got his mom in the car, okay? And she isn't without a lot to say. So all I'm saying is that's not the last time I'm going to try to talk to that guy. I really just want them to leave Pete alone, and I just feel bad that I've involved him in this in any way. And I think the best way I can fix all of this is if I can just figure out who's putting the drugs in that garbage can. And I got a couple people that I'm thinking about. One of the people I've been thinking about is this guy across the street, this kid, Tony, Gary Janthony's son. He came home a couple months ago from school, and he got drunk and wanted to run naked through that car wash that Gary installed. And he did it at around midnight and gave himself 
terrible burns, wound up in the emergency room. The kid's always been a troublemaker. I hear that he's not going back to school. He wanted to find a job around here. And it sounds like he got a job over at used foosball tables. And it sounds like he's getting involved in the foosball tournament that's happening over there that's coming up soon. And that's great that he's found an interest and that's probably good for him. But the kid's always been kind of up to some bad stuff. And used foosballs, it's a really fun place, but it's not without some kind of shady characters. So it could be a good thing or a bad thing that he's hanging out over there. The kid's never really been able to stay out of trouble, and I, you know, I feel for him, and I feel for Gary, and I hope that they can figure it out. And maybe this is completely without merit, but I can't think of anyone else in the neighborhood that I would suspect. I mean, that's not true. It could be anyone. You never know who could be doing something like this, but I'm going to figure out who it is. And I'm going to do it as fast as possible because I really want Pete to be off the hook. I don't want him to be involved in this any more than he has to be. Not to mention, for my own sake and for my family's sake, because my wife is still up at Chuck's house. She's up at her dad's house ever since she got mad at me and got out of the car on the freeway and climbed that fence. And here's the thing. She's trying to come home, but she doesn't have a ride. Chuck won't give her a ride. And he lives way up in the hills in Ojai. He's got this huge estate. The guy's got so much money. He's acting like his automatic gate won't open. He won't let Uber drivers in. He's got this giant automatic gate. It's got his name on it. It just says Chuck. Not his last name, just Chuck. His driveway is like a mile long. And he's acting like this automatic gate won't open. So no one can go inside and get her. And I offered to go up there and pick her up. But Chuck said, there's no way you can get in because the gate won't open. It's broken and we got to wait to fix it. All right, and here he is calling. I'm sure he's calling to gloat because she still hasn't left. I'm going to pick this up. Hi, Chuck. How are you? Chuck, uh, some bad news. Uh, okay. Looks like Faye will not be back towards your area for a while. Chuck. I mean, I know what you're doing. You can't just keep her up there forever. This is reality. You're telling me there's no way to fix that gate after two weeks? The gate is very fickle. The gate has its own schedule, unfortunately. And I've had I've had Steve come up, you know, I maybe 15 times. Don't know who Steve is. How would I know who Steve is? We just can't figure out. The gate is. I mean, it's possible that it's haunted. Chuck, you know as well as I do that you could just go down there and manually open that gate so an Uber driver could get in there. Very funny. Uh, coming from you because obviously you're somebody that doesn't understand electric gates you don't even have a gate around your house you live on a suburban street you don't know anything about gates. i mean what are we even saying that means about me what i mean i know gates can be manually opened i think everyone knows that the thing is you don't know about grown man stuff it is not a manual gate that's why i bought it This is expensive grown man stuff. You said that. Way above your pay grade. That's why I hired Steve. It's a $17,000 gate. You think it opens manually? It's a $17,000 gate you can't open manually? Yeah. It's five tons. It's a mile away from my house. Yes, we're aware of your one mile long driveway. You know the scenario. You're telling me you can't get to the bottom of that driveway and open that gate. My fence guy is in Big Bear. He's got a cabin up there. Want to know why? why? He sells expensive fences. You don't need a fence guy. You have a well-respected auto body shop with all the tools you would need for someone to come up there and fix that fence. You don't know the first thing about business. And by the way, I don't run a business. I run an empire. Right. I forgot can it was I, an empire. Talk to him just gate. Can you put her on the phone for a second? Phone. I'm discussing the gate. I'm trying to educate your husband about very expensive electric gates. I'm leaving today. What do we say about interrupting me on the phone while I'm on the phone? I don't care. Do I interrupt you while you're on the phone? Yes, always. That is my right as a father. It's my house, my rules, as they no, say. I don't, it's fine. I don't care. We're 
Are you guys day drinking up there? It's Tuesday. I will go down there and climb the gate if I have to. I climbed a fence over the freeway. Doug, how many gates do you think my daughter is going to have to climb to get out of this marriage? Because tonight she wants to climb two. What uh-huh. other gates would she have to climb? Maybe the, the gate to City Hall to get a divorce? She's trying to climb your gate to get out of your house, Chuck. Is it the third gate or the fourth gate that behind it dwells? the divorce lawyer. Chuck, it's like you've kidnapped my wife. Do you realize I that? I have a lot of lawyer friends, and I checked with them. This is not kidnapping. You've already cross-checked whether or not you kidnapped her? I'm diligent. Well, can you let her get on the phone, or is she tied to a chair? She's not kidnapped. She is not being held here against her will. You are not being held here against your will. I don't care. Where's the wife? <sighs> okay. A little off-topic. But um, I hear you're now in the middle of a massive Burbank Ambien ring. I'm not. I that hear, was a mistake, I hear Chuck. I you're real close, cuddling up with the kingpin okay. of the an kingpin? Ambien ring in Burbank, He's California. He's not a kingpin of anything. I thought that his wife took Faye's Ambien and I... The real question is, why does my daughter need Ambien? I'm, I don't know, just because she needs help sleeping? Three days ago, she was climbing a fence to get away from you on the freeway. So, I know that, Chuck. It was an argument. On another note, but familially related, I just was wondering why uh, my grandson is walking around looking like a corn star. How? You got those transitions lenses for him. I don't know how you know about the lenses. He sent me a selfie, and I have never seen a sadder picture of my grandson in my life. You should be jailed for getting these transitions. I didn't lenses. get them for him. It was this he guy, like my optometrist. He looks like the type of guy who hovers around a preschool. That happened because my optometrist is trying to get back at me. This is the guy who got mad at me for going to the car wash. Right, your uh, ambient-based optometry car wash web of shadow. All right. This story's got everything. It's got a vengeful optometrist. It's got everything I want in a story. This story, Doug, is a page earlier. The only problem I have with it is that it's real. The main characters are my grandson and my daughter, and the villain is you. Okay, I'm not a villain. I am trying to do my best for both of them. You're the best kind of villain. Flawed, human, and killable. This is just the part of the movie where you're warming them up, and then your villainy is exposed. And I'm the first one to see it. Well, thanks for calling, Chuck. No problem. All right, so things aren't really improving with him. But I'm sure Faye's going to be home soon, and if she's not, I'll drive up there myself and I'll climb over the fence. This podcast is brought to you by Used Foosball Tables and the upcoming Burbank Foosball Tournament. Get over there and sign up. I mean, you wouldn't believe some of the stars that are going to be there. Don't forget Steve Smith's going to be there. Both of them are going to be there. But the Steve Smith, that's the current world foosball champion, is going to be there. Not to mention those two other guys and then all the other guys I listed. And the show is also brought to you, of course, by Jan Robinson Shirts and Pants. It's not just a shirt. It's a Jan Robinson shirt. Jan really wants you to check out this jacket. She's designed around the credit sequence to Cheers. She loves the show. She loves the jacket. It's called You Want to Go Where Everyone Knows Your Jacket. And you're going to love this jacket. It's just incredible. You can check it out at janrobinson.biz or just walk around town, you're going to see people wearing this thing because it's really cool. Don't forget that it comes with the Cephalopods or People alternate Cheers theme song called Friends. You're going to get a hard copy CD of that to play in your car or at home. And check this out. Randy Poole from Cephalopods or People is, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but he's convinced that it's true. A lot of people believe that Simon and Garfunkel in the 80s discussed a reunion in order to write a theme song for the show Cheers. 
they were actually going to do the theme song for that show and the plans fell through something happened and it all went wrong and there are apparently there's some bootlegs out there and randy has not been able to find one but he said that he has heard the song he has heard the simon and garfunkel version of the cheers theme song and he's re-recorded his version of it so i'm going to send you off with that this is cheers by simon and garfunkel aka randy pool and cephalopods are people recreating this song that randy heard at a party somewhere once hope you like it all right that's it for this week on valley heat take it easy cheers cheers there's a bar in massachusetts Cheers Ted Danson's in the show Shelley Long is too There's a rumor No one likes to work with her But it's just a rumor Once there was a time When I was just a little boy And I dreamt like these now I have them and we're all like rain and birds and cigarettes and paper cups cheers Kim Zoo.